They say love is the strongest magnetic force on the planet Earth. But if this is really true, why is love such a complicated subject matter? Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I created this podcast in honor of my dad, who was an acclaimed television broadcast engineer for nearly four decades. He also hosted an award-winning radio show called Speaking of Sports, which is the inspiration behind the name of this podcast, Speaking of Love. My dad was an amazing guy who achieved levels of success that most people only dream of. He was held in the highest esteem, and yes, he was a star in the public eye. But on March 2nd of 2020, his private struggles became public when he murdered his wife moments before taking his own life. So I created this podcast as a platform for spreading love around the globe while raising awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast. I am your host, LaToya, and I am here today. This is my 94th episode, 94 episodes of love. Today, I have a beautiful young lady here. She is a magnificent woman who has suffered a tremendous loss, but she has given her pain a greater purpose. And as you all know, that's the inspiration behind this podcast is to give hope after experiencing pain. So let me tell you about my beautiful guest here today. Her name is Stephanie Young. She's a mother, certified life coach, published author, international speaker, teacher, advisory board member, and she also hosts a podcast called The Soulful Conversations. I'm so happy to have her here. Stephanie specializes in specializes in helping those who are struggling with grief and loss to find their strength in the midst of their struggles and to be able to live a more peaceful and joyful life. Her greatest joy is helping people design and create a life that is in harmony with their soul's purpose. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome, Stephanie. Welcome to Speaking of Love. Thank you so much. What an honor it is to be here with you today, LaToya. Thank you, Stephanie. We are here today. Uh, you have suffered the loss of a child by way of suicide, your son, Bobby. And as you know, this podcast was created in honor of my father who took his own life. So I connected with you here through a group that um, we have a therapy group that we are a part of for suicide loss survivors. So I thank you for being here and accepting my invitation. I purchased your book on Amazon and I have learned so much about you in the last 48 hours after purchasing it. And you have inc in survived incredible circumstances and you're here today to talk to us. So welcome again. Thank you so much. So where are you right now, Stephanie? What part of the country? I'm in Northeast Texas. Northeast Texas. Okay. What city are you near? What's the big city you're near? I'm near Dallas, uh, but oh. my school is called Paris, Paris, Texas. 
Paris, Texas. Okay. Well, Stephanie, we can get right into talking about your your life and the incredible book that you've written. The book is called Suicide Through a Mother's Eyes, and you talk about your son, Bobby. So you can begin telling us about your, your journey through creating this wonderful book. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I actually, um, you know, I lost my son in 2012. And uh, of course, when I first lost him, I wanted to die myself. I'm sure a lot of people that, you know, you, you know that feeling. And so I felt like no one understood my pain. There was no one I could go to that would just understand and feel what I felt. Um, I felt so alone. And so all I could do was just pray and journal. And during my playing, I actually heard the name of the book through a mother's eyes. And I knew that, you know, it was just so important to get the message out there, not only for the other mothers, but also to let people know just some of the feeling that it, it feels like. It's very hard to put into words, as you know, um, but just to give some kind of an example of what, what it's like to lose a child through suicide. I mean, it's it's different than if we lose someone to illness or a car wreck or old age. When we lose someone from suicide, we have to deal with the fact that our child or our person chose to take their life. Yes. And, you know, Stephanie, it's very difficult when you lose someone to suicide because the natural flow of life is sometimes people get sick, accidents occur. But like you said, when it comes by way of their own hands, I think it makes the, the grieving process and the impact, it's almost doubled when you experience it in that regard. Is that true for you? Most definitely, because we're left with all of the unanswered questions. We're mm -hmm. left with guilt. You know, there's so much guilt in what could I have, should have, would have, could have done. And so just the guilt in itself is overwhelming sometimes. Yes. So talk to us about Bobby. What kind of person was Bobby? I know you've mentioned some things about him in your book and the difficulties and the struggles that he had. But tell me about Bobby years when you first had him when he was growing up. What kind of child was he? He was a very hyperactive little boy. He was all boy. He was strong and he was tough and he was always barefooted and climbing trees. Um, he was such a joy to my life and always had me laughing. Just he was a little comedian. And um, as he, you know, at a four years old, they put him on Ritalin because of this factor that he's hyper. And I believe that's where a lot of his problems stemmed from. Um, I never wanted to give him the medicine on a continual basis because I myself don't really believe in medicine. But if it helped my child, I was willing you know, to do that. Uh, but I think that as he grew older and continued to stay on the medicine through school, he started hearing voices in his head. He started feeling not good enough, um, you know, just as if he, he didn't belong in this world. And so he started struggling with depression. He started struggling with anxiety. And I think that once he got those thoughts inside of his mind, he started focusing on that. And then there was never any getting him out of it, so to say. But he was a beautiful, beautiful soul in this world and in a very bright light. He had a big heart and he loved people. He just didn't know how to show himself. He didn't know how to ever like become that person. Right. Now, how old was Bobby when he passed away? 
he was 25. Okay. Um, he took his life one month after his 25th birthday. And that was your only child, Stephanie. I read that in your book that he was your only child. Well, uh, now 17 years apart, I did have a daughter. So oh, I do okay. I do have a 17-year-old daughter now. They were 17 years apart, which is another thing I look back on now. And I know that God knows the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. because I never thought that I'd have another child. And, um, you know, I always said, if I could just do this over again, if I could only do this over again. And I heard God say, you are, you are. Yeah. So talk to me about the weeks leading up to the suicide of Bobby. What was he like? What, what was he going through at that time? Um, he struggled with an alcohol problem. He, you know, later on in life turned to alcohol to be that source of numbness, I guess, to his hurt and his pain. Mm -hmm. and <clears throat> we had moved to a new state, uh, which I explain about a lot in the book, more detail. We'd moved to a new state and he had a new job. He had his own apartment, his own truck. Um, he was making wonderful money. So I thought, you know, it gave me a sense of peace that, you know, everything's going to get better. He's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You know, everything will get better. Um, he seemed to be a lot happier in the last final days. I, I, I look back at, on that now and I have to wonder, is it because he knew he was going to go ahead and do this? <clears throat> I'll never really know. But we had some great times. We had great talks. We got to spend some quality time together just weeks up until um, we there was one period at seven years where we were separated. Uh, he chose to go live with one of my exes. And so in those seven years, I had to just go visit him out of town as much as I could. Mm -hmm. But during this time before this happened, he had actually came back to live with me. And so we got those special times. And I'm so grateful for the 11 months that he was back with me before this happened. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Because it helps you in the grieving process when you've had those final moments that you can reflect back on the moments of love, the time that you spent together. It definitely helps you during those dark times to know, wow, we had those final moments together. Yes. And I was always the type and I still am to this day because it's true. If you can change the way you're thinking change those thoughts that's going on in there. And if you can take control of those thoughts and change that to something positive, it will, it does help. You know, it's, it's just a matter of changing your perspectives on a lot of things. Yes. And Stephanie, I read in your book that when he would have moments of, of sadness or depression, you would always help him come over to the other side and he would be okay. But then something else would happen and it would trigger him again. Can you talk to us a little bit about those emotions? Yes. It just seemed like, you know, like I said, when he got that in his head, you know, he told me several times that he just wanted to kill himself. Mm. And, you know, hearing that as a mother, that's your worst, your, the worst thing you can ever do. Cause you're like, you can't understand that. I couldn't understand the depth of his depression. Mm -hmm. And our thought is that he will get better. He will get better. We will work through this. Um, but there was just never, he would get better and happy. And then when something bad would happen or maybe not go his way, he would always revert back to that. I'm just going to kill myself. I just, I don't want to be here anymore. 
And it was just a pain that I could never. And that and that's the depression. That's the mental illness. And uh oh, I think we're breaking up here. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. And you know, um, Stephanie, the reason for that, the reverting back and forth, that's the that's the illness. That's the mental illness, the depression, the anxiety. Those thoughts they come back because the brain is unhealthy. And to May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I'm so glad that you're here to help kick this off this month because mental health awareness is very, very important. We've reached a time in our lives where we're just coming off the brinks of a very serious pandemic. So many people lost their lives and a lot of people are still struggling. And what I'm noticing now is that the depression is coming because people are afraid to get back out into the world. You know, we have our jobs that are forcing us to go back to work. We have uh, the government that's telling us you don't need your mask anymore, but yet we have to grow grocery shopping and be in a place with other people. We're wearing our masks, but others are not. So there's a lot of fear-based mental health issues that are coming to the forefront because of the things that we've gone through. So Stephanie, I'm so happy that you're here because you can help us bring light to this dark world that we're in. So thank you. You're very welcome. And I would just like to add to that, um, you know, suicide is the fourth leading cause of death. If you go to the hospital and you say, I'm having a heart attack, they're gonna rush you in, put the heart monitors on you, get the nurses, get the doctors, get everybody in there with you. If you go in there and you say that you're suicidal, one of two things is what I've seen, medicine or lock you up. Mm -hmm. There's there's just not, like you said, mental health is not being taken seriously enough. It's really the most important thing. And I think that it's just so important that we start talking to people about feeling safe to ask for help and then being able to get that help once they ask for it. Yeah. I think that it's going to go more into the root of the pain because I don't believe that anyone that ever commits suicide really wants to die. I think that they just want their pain to stop and they don't know how to stop it. Yeah. Reach out to someone who has a different perspective, who can get you excited about maybe your passions and your purpose for this life. I think that it just means the world of difference. So, Stephanie, talk to us about the warning signs. I know some people exhibit warning signs. I know for my dad, he exhibited warning signs. Uh, he would often joke about suicide. He would joke about, oh, I'm having a rough day today. I'm just ready to jump off a bridge. And we would laugh it off. So I, I've now learned that comedy is another form of people masking their pain and really expressing what they feel deep inside. What were some of the warning signs that Bobby exhibited to his suicide? Um, I think uh, withdrawal, withdrawal. He, you know, wasn't interested in the things that he used to love to do. Uh, the depression just got so deep and in such a despair that he would have mood swings uh, one day he would be happy. The next minute he's sad. The next day he's mad. You know, he would have just different outbursts. And also to that, I just want to say, please take it seriously. If someone ever tells you that, I don't care how jokingly they are, it, it means that they thought about it. And I just want people to understand. I thought that I had more time. I thought that because of some other things that happened and he told me that he would not do it. 
I thought that because he was saying it, that he wasn't really going to do it. Yeah. And I just want to know that just because, you know, they say it, it doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. It doesn't mean they will, but it doesn't necessarily mean sometimes we think, oh, well, they're just looking for, um, you know, attention or something and they're not really going to do it. And I just want every single person to know, take it seriously. It is so, so serious. Yes. You rather be wrong than, than not wrong. I know I have had situations where I've had to call for medical help for people and they're like, no, don't call. I'm going to be okay. But I make the call anyway, because you know what? I'd rather be wrong in that situation and save the person's life than to have to live with the fact that I could have made a difference, but I didn't. Yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, that's a lot of more of my guilt that I carry to this day because he did tell me on several occasions that that's what he wanted to do. And I would always just brush it off and think that I could help him think that we could do something to get his mind off of it. And, um, and like you said, the mental illness, it never stops. It's constantly in there going and telling them, um, the things that are not true. You know, it's not true. Everybody is loved and everybody just wants to be seen and to be heard. And there is no single person in this world like you. You cannot be replaced. And so when you're feeling unloved or unseen or unheard, just always remember there is someone in this world that needs you, that loves you more than you yeah. can ever imagine. Yes. And what I do want to speak about on the topic of suicide is that when you make the decision to take your own life and you're no longer here, you've left the people who love you in so much pain, like, oh, and guilt, like you've mentioned before the guilt, the what I could have done this or why didn't I do that? I mean, we're plagued with all these thoughts and I just, I don't know if it ever ends, Stephanie. I don't. I don't think that it does. You know, again, with me and, and my through my healing and everything that I've had to go through, um, because I really beat myself up. I really felt like a failure as his mother. Mm. You know, my job is to protect him, to love him, to nurture him, to, you know, put him out into this world. And I just felt like such a failure. So even myself, I even become somewhat suicidal. Sure. You know, how am I going to live this life without my child? You know, I couldn't figure out how I was going to do that. But in the middle of praying and healing and asking these hard questions, I understand that, you know, sometimes it, it takes something tragic like this to wake us up, to get us into our life and our purpose. Yeah. Um, I remember people at first saying, oh, something good will come of this. And I, I just rebuked that. I did not want to think that something good could come from losing my precious child. But now, you know, I love helping others. I love bringing awareness to this. I love to just share my experience in hopes that it will give some inspiration and some hope to other people. So, Stephanie, you've written this book, Suicide Through a Mother's Eyes, and you're a mother. You've lost Bobby. What was your main reason for writing this book? Um, like I said, my main reason was to my mother's. To another mother that felt this pain that is, is it's not easy to put into words. And it was very difficult to write the book. You know, I had to go back through all the emotions and all. Of, I wanted to be the person that I needed at that time. Mm -hmm. That's my 
inspiration for the book. I want any other mother that has lost her child to be able, because I didn't have any, you know, resources or anything. And I just want them to be able to open my book and read my story and then say it to themselves, if she can do it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And I take the love that I had for my son that I can no longer give to him. And I want to give that to others. Wow. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. That's so heartfelt. Very touching. Thank you so much. And, you know, it wasn't easy. Uh, there's still no words for some of the pain that you feel. Mm-hmm. Even just you losing your dad, you know, you know, those feelings. It's just mm-hmm. a that never goes away. It's a longing for our child to just be here and be with us. Yeah. And, you know, I try not to get emotional. <laughs> sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But it, tomorrow's Mother's Day. Mm. And one of those hard, hard times to face, you know, just it's been 10 years this year since he's been gone. May the 26th will be his 10 year anniversary from passing. Wow. And I never thought how I could get through one day without him. Yeah. Ten years. Wow. Now, Stephanie, in writing your book, does it help you? In essence, I guess it helps you feel more connected to him. Is that correct? Um, It just helped me to, it healed me as well. Mm -hmm. Because, no, you know, it's taken me four years to write the book. There was still some things in me that wasn't healed. And every time I would get to the part in the book to actually talk about the suicide and finding him, I would stop and I would just shut down. And um, so when I actually got the book going again this time, that's the first thing I started with. I started with the suicide and I, I got the hard part done first. So that way I could continue the story. You know, um, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of speaking. And when I speak on the actual suicide, I get emotional and, I, and I'm heard and it brings it all back. But when I can talk about the next side of that, the other side of that is where my passion and purpose comes into this life. And that's just what I want to share with others. Yeah. Yes. 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 And you're such an inspiration to be able to take your pain and give it a greater purpose to write this wonderful book and just to be vulnerable and talk about your intimate life details with your marriage and everything that you have endured. It's a wonderful book. I'm going to put the cover of the book here for the audience to take a look at. You can purchase the book on Amazon and it's Suicide Through a Mother's Eyes by Stephanie Young is the name of the book. Suicide Through a Mother's Eyes by Stephanie Young. This is a beautiful book. I got the Kindle version. It was $5.99 and I've been reading it. But I have a little excerpt um, that I would like to read from the book that was really, really heartfelt. Um, Let me grab that here. One second, Stephanie. It says, I had very little family support. They say it takes a village to raise a child, so I tried to be the whole village. Bobby was an only child, and he was my entire world. He was so intelligent, funny, and handsome, but I could not get him to believe that about himself. Every time something did not go his way, 
he always reverted back to the thought of killing himself. When he added alcohol, everything intensified. And I, I feel so connected to you in that, in that paragraph, Stephanie, because my dad struggled with alcoholism and everything that he's ever done in his life that was bad had to do with alcohol. So I totally relate to what you were saying in that paragraph about Bobby. Thank you. I think that alcohol is a spirit in a bottle. Mm -hmm. A lot of people use it to numb out the pain. And I think it only intensifies whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through. It may help for the minute, but as soon as you come down or off of that drug or alcohol, then you feel even more guilty. So there's never an answer in that. No, there isn't. And, you know, me personally, I don't drink alcohol. I've never been a fan of it anyway. But especially now, what I have experienced with losing my dad, I just don't, I don't do it. I don't engage in it. And I don't knock anyone who chooses to drink alcohol, but I just prefer not to be around it, me personally. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Stephanie, talk to us a little bit more about your podcast. I understand you're a podcast host. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast. Yes. uh, Me and a couple of my friends, we've always had this want to, to do like a panelist of life coaches and, and inspirational people to just be able to put out into the world. You know, maybe a lot of people can't afford to hire a life coach or you can't afford to hire someone to help you. So we are putting this podcast out into the world to help people by talking about mental health, by talking about things that are important that maybe you couldn't afford to, you know, hire someone to do. So what our main purpose is, is that we want to be the change that we wish to see in the world. Mm -hmm. I put that out. There's not a lot of positivity going out. There's probably double as negative. And so we just talk about different topics. Uh, We have guests on the show, just like you. Uh, that bring in different topics that we can just focus on and just to help in any way that we can. And what's the name of your podcast? The Soulful Conversations. The Soulful Conversations. And we can find that on any major podcast platform. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. It's on YouTube, Twitter. It'll be on all of those. Or you can go to our website at thesoulfulconversations.com. Oh, that's awesome, Stephanie. I mean, you look you look like you have definitely brought peace into your life. I see a lot of peace and love around you. What do you love most about life right now? I love the fact that I have a daughter and I love the fact that I can help people. You know, even mm-hmm. if it's a friend that called me that day, um, that's what helps me heal. When I can see that I can take a a client or someone that's depressed and having anxiety and get them excited about their life and then see them living that life, that's what gives me peace. That gives me joy. That gives me purpose to know that my voice is important. You know, I used to, my friend tells me all the time, I say, oh, I'm just a Texas girl. You know, I'm just a little girl from Texas, but I know my voice is important. And I know my message is important. That's another reason why I wrote the book is to just to let people know that, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable. I hope that makes you feel vulnerable enough. We all need to tell our stories. We all have a story. And it either is going to make you or break you. And I believe that it's a choice. You know, every day that I wake up, I have to decide, 
am I going to cover my head up today and stay in bed and have a bad day? Or am I going to get up and make the best of this day and try to just serve others in any way that I can? And then in doing that, it fulfills me. Yes, that's beautiful. You know, Stephanie, life is not easy. Life is hard at times. And sometimes in life, we get hurt. We get our hearts broken. We lose people we love. People we love betray us. All of that is, it can take an emotional toll on you, on your life. So if there's someone watching right now, Stephanie, who is down and out in the pits, they've lost their zest for life. They don't want to be here anymore. They're thinking of suicide. What advice would you give them, Stephanie, to hold on just a little bit longer? First of all, I just want to say I understand. I understand. We all have bad days and we can all go there if we choose to. I want you to understand again, like I said, there is no one on this earth that is you. There's only one you in this world. Please don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't look at someone else's successes as your failures. Understand that we are all here for a purpose. There is one thing that one gift that God gave you to bring to this world. You know, the person that created electricity, the person that created these phones that we're talking on, the person that created everything we look at was once a thought in a creation. So I just want you to know that you're as unique as your thumbprint. You are special. You are needed in this world. You are very loved. And please, please just never make a permanent decision on a temporary situation. I mm -hmm. promise you what you're going through today will pass tomorrow. Just hang in there. Be strong. Ask for help. Seek your friends. Um, please just ask for help. You know, ask for somebody to be that strength when you feel like you have none. Yes. And just know that you're perfect exactly the way you are. You don't have to do anything to be love. You are love and you are seen and heard. And please, please stay. We need you here. Yes, please. And if anyone is contemplating suicide or you just need someone to talk to, you can call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's one 800 273 talk. Stephanie, I love what you said. You are as unique as your fingerprint. That's beautiful. Thank you. Stephanie, what is the biggest lesson that you have learned about yourself going through what you've gone through, losing your son, writing your book, hosting a podcast, advocating for suicide prevention? What's the biggest lesson you've learned about Stephanie? The biggest lesson I learned about Stephanie is that I had to learn to love Stephanie. You know, I've always been a people person. Um, I've always been this person that I want to help others. It's just been in my heart since I was born, I believe. But at some point, I had to step back and realize that I needed to give that love to myself as well. Um, as you'll read in the book, I've been through some toxic relationships. And throughout mm -hmm. all of that, I still wasn't getting it. I still didn't know that I needed to love me first. And when I loved me first, then I was able to give that love and also receive that love. 
So I think that the main important thing that I've learned is to love myself and therefore my cup is over full and then I can spread that to others. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Stephanie, this show is all about love. I created this podcast in honor of my father. He was a radio TV broadcast engineer for nearly four decades and he loved public speaking. He once hosted a radio show called Speaking of Sports. So this show is called Speaking of Love in honor of him. I don't know anything about sports, very little, but I know all about love. So my million dollar question that I ask all of my guests who sit before me is how do you define love? Speaking of love, how do you define love? Yes, uh, before I answer that, I just want to say thank you so much for what you do. You're an angel in this world and you're just brilliant. And I just want to give you the inspiration to keep doing what you're doing. Thank um, you. The way I would define love is love is the greatest thing of all. I mean, we are love. Everything around us is love. And I think that if we can put learn to put ourselves into other people's shoes and see them with compassion and see them even at people that we may be angry with, if we can turn on our love lens and look at them through that, I think that it just makes a world of difference. I think that when we come from love, that we are not only being that ourselves, but we're showing those people too, hey, you know, this could be so much easier. And we all want the same things. We mm -hmm. all just want to be loved. And so I just, I think love is the greatest of all. Yes. And I love what you said about putting the love lenses on. I have these sunglasses. They're red sunglasses and they the eyes are heart shaped. And I call them my love glasses because when you put those glasses on, you can see the world through God's eyes and you just put your love glasses on. Exactly. Yes. And so even, you know, sometimes if we're mad at someone and we can just start thinking about them being in a different situation, maybe they had a hard day. You know, maybe they had a hard childhood. If we can just put ourselves into looking at them just through love, mm -hmm. then we a lot more understanding and compassionate. Yes, I love that. I love it, Stephanie. That's amazing. So what's next for you, Stephanie? You have your podcast. You've written this wonderful book. Oh, and by the way, this book is rated five stars on Amazon. I was reading some of the reviews. Uh, this is an amazing book. You're, you're very poignant and you're very open it's just it's very it's very telling and revelatory you have revealed things about your life that most people would probably not want to share but you're open and the purpose of you opening that way is to help heal others and I admire that in you so thank you thank you so much so what's next for you Stephanie um I plan on more books for sure um, always had an interest in doing children's books and so I think I'm going to start with the children and our teenagers and get a lot of these thoughts in there that we can program in them now you know I want to plant that seed to your greatness and what your potential your possibilities for this life is and if I can get you excited about that then you don't have time to be depressed and anxious and all that stuff so um oh 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just wondering what's next for you. you. You said you were going to start your books. I think that's a good idea, Stephanie, because I was working on a suicide prevention slideshow and I had all these people who emailed me pictures of their loved ones who had committed suicide. And in the slideshow, there were about three or four kids that were under the age of 10 so starting with the children's books is a very, very, I think that would be very um, beneficial for the kids. Definitely. You got to start early. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. And getting, like I said, plant those seeds in there, their head of greatness. You know what, what, if you could wake up and have the most beautiful, perfect day or life, what would that look like? What would you be doing? Who would you be around? You know, you can start really just dreaming up in your head what that would look like. And you can keep that picture in your head. You will have it in your life. You, yes. will, you will create that in your life. The same way as the alternative. If you think negative and down and doomsday and all that, then you're also attracting more of that into your life. And so I think that it's just a matter of changing the program. Uh, planting that seed into those young minds that, hey, you know, what is it? What are you meant to do to this world in this world? And let's get you busy doing that. <laughs> yes, just like you have done, Stephanie, you are on purpose. You're walking in your gift. I truly admire what you have done. You did not let Bobby die in vain. And I, I respect and admire that in you. So thank you for doing that. Thank, thank you, you so for much. all you do. Thank you, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we're going to continue to walk through life with our love glasses on and see the world through God's eyes. Yes, most definitely. And have faith. You know, I always say have faith over fear. You know, neither one of them have happened yet. And so if we, if we can look toward the faith and say to yourself, no matter what happens in my life, everything is for my greatest good. Mm -hmm. And if we don't see it or we think that this is the most horrible thing that could happen. I promise somewhere you're going to learn the lesson and you're going to see that it was meant for your greatest good. Yes. You know, Will Smith is under a lot of criticism right now. But years ago, he was on the Oprah Winfrey show and he made a statement and he talked about staying awake for the rebirth. And I think if you look on YouTube, you can hear this quote. I'm I'm not exactly sure exactly how he said it, but it was something to the effect of in life, every day you wake up, you're rebirthing a new day. You go through that day. And then at night you settle down, you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and you're rebirthing a new day. So no matter what's going on in your life, stay awake for the rebirth because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's around the corner for you. You know, my father passed away on a Monday. He and his wife died on Monday. I often wonder what would like life had been like for the two of them if he had stayed awake for the rebirth one more day. Just stayed awake one more day. You just yeah, never I, know. I would say today's a brand new day. It's a brand new baby day. We've not seen this day yet. Mm-hmm. We've seen this day yet. So how can we make the best of it? Yes, we make the best of it, Stephanie, by doing what we're doing right now. And that's touching the lives of people around the globe. Yes, definitely. definitely. 
So Stephanie, is there anything else you would like to share with my audience before we conclude this interview? Um, I would just like to say thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, if you do purchase my book, I'm forever grateful. You know, I did not write the book to become a bestseller author or any of that. I, my main hope and goal is that it would touch the lives and help inspire others. And so I just want to say, you know, if you need anything, if there's anything I can ever help you with, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I am a life coach and I am also, like I said, available to help any way I can. And I love you all and I wish you the very best always. Thank you, Stephanie. I have your book here. The name of her book is Suicide Through a Mother's Eyes. And you can purchase the book on Amazon. Um, there is a Kindle version. There's a paperback version. So please support Stephanie by purchasing her book. Again, the book is Suicide Through a Mother's Eyes by Stephanie Young. This is ama an amazing book. She's very, very sweet, loving, kind. And I'm just so happy that I have become connected with her through these circumstances to help other people. Stephanie, I have one more question for you before we go. I'm going to remove that there. Stephanie, my last question before I let you go is uh, when the pages of your life are reviewed and your mission here on the planet Earth is complete, what do you most want to be remembered for? What legacy are you leaving behind, Stephanie? Oh, that's a great question. And, you know, again, I always just, I'm such a humbled person that it's hard for me to really brag or to say these things, but I, I want my family and friends to remember me as love, you know, to be that, that word of reason, that voice of reason that was always there saying, no, 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 look at it this way, or maybe try it this way. Um, I want to be remembered as a mother who loves my children. Like that was my main purpose in my life is to be that mother to my children. And now it's to be the helper to other people. Beautiful. And I just want to be remembered for the love and the kindness and the compassion of my heart because I am all heart. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's all I can say is just that I was a good person, kind, caring and compassion and helped in any way that I could. Well, Stephanie, you have already achieved your intention because you are living just that as we sit right now. So thank you for being a guest here on Speaking of Love, the podcast. If anyone has missed any portion of this recording, of course, it's going to live forever on YouTube. We're on Facebook, but it's also going to be on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I like Pocket Casts. I've started listening to podcasts through Pocket Casts, and I'm also there as well, so, Stephanie, thank you for being here. If anyone wants to reach out to Stephanie, please do so. Please support her by purchasing her book. Um, like I said, she also has the ebook version for $5.99 on Amazon. Um, it's a beautiful book. And if you know someone who's struggling with mental health uh, problems and they may be suicidal, this might be a good book for you to give for them so you can gift it to someone. So thank you all so much for being here. I will be back next Saturday with another episode of Speaking of Love. Bye, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Sending you all my